All right, you guys. So everyone is taking a second look at this young Charlotte team, and it's all because of LaMelo Ball. He's putting up crazy numbers, crazy assists, and has a three-point range. Is he the real deal? Baller. Big baller, bro, baby. Big baller, man. My nigga LeVar, hey, if anybody's listening, hey, I know y'all's hating. Y'all owe LeVar a p- fucking apology. That nigga was a, that nigga is a genius. Niggas owe him an apology. I'm trying to give me I'm trying to give me some big ball of sneakers right now. I need I need some right now. I've seen a lot of niggas laugh at him. He, hey, we owe that nigga an apology. Now you if you ask me, uh, he a genius. Oh yeah, you 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 literally put all three of your your, your sons and they became somewhat skilled at the at the you know what I'm saying the sport. It wasn't like. It was two sons, like all now, all three of them. You know, even though we all know the youngest is the nicest. But the thing with Lebar, I'm gonna say this. Oh, I'll go, go ahead. Now, I was just gonna say the thing with Lebar, though. I do think that he kind of put an unfair target on Lonzo's back when he first entered the league, and I think that's why Lonzo got off to such a shaky start. Because if you remember, Lonzo, Lonzo, put, Lonzo, Lonzo put a target on his own back, his heart out. Like Patrick Beverly's picking this nigga up full court on his first NBA game, bro. Like that's it, and that's all Lavar. But but Lamelo, he kind of stayed the fuck out of the way and let Lamelo do his own thing. And he's just like, yo, I'm telling you, this is the nicest one. He gonna be the best one out of all of them. And shit, it's already. I see that's it's already happening. That's where it's see a couple of things. That's where we have to give Lavar credit because he learned from his mistakes with Lonzo, and that's actually where he did go wrong with Lonzo, with that whole, uh, he's going to be better than Steph Curry better thing. Steph and, Curry, my son. Right, he, like, he, he put a big target on his back, and actually in the interview, Steph Curry did admit that he went a little harder at, at Lonzo the first time he played him because of that, just to kind of show him, like, it's harder than what you may think, what you and your dad think or whatever. But So I definitely think that's what hurt Lonzo, but you got to give LeVar credit. He learned from his mistakes with, with Lonzo, or I'm sorry, with uh, LaMelo, like you said, he just came out and said, yo, he the best one, and got out the way. And that turned out to be true. You know what I'm saying? That shows an NBA right You know what? I don't really – I don't hang hang it up on LeVar. I, hang, I actually think Lonzo did it to himself. Like, the, I remember the first thing I ever heard from Lonzo, like, his first statement I could remember in my head was, nobody listens to Nas. No young niggas listen to Nas. He did and say I was that. Like, why, why would you – like, what possessed you to say that, my G? Like, you understand the league you in? You understand this dude playing in this league that came up when Nas was the Nick? Like, you, how would you say that? But did he lie, though? This nigga born in, like, what, 1999 or some shit? It's not about whether he whether he was telling the truth or not. It's, it's you alienated yourself. Right? I don't, but I don't think a music takes to alienate you. He got asked a question in an interview. And he said, I listened to the you think LeBron? You think LeBron would have answered it that way? I mean, LeBron didn't come up in Nas era, but he, I, I guarantee you, he got respect for Nas. I don't think he ain't gonna say, oh, ain't, no, ain't no young people listening to Nas. But that's true though. Niggas from his generation, his era, are not. We're not arguing whether it's true or not. It's we arguing whether he should have said it. Right. I think somebody, but see, he was young. He nobody schooled him on it. Nobody schooled him on, on his media now, that, presence. That's, that's, I, will, I will blame Lavar. You didn't. You didn't media train your son. Right. Right. He wasn't media trained. He did. He gave him the talent. Showed him how to play the game. Showed him how to get there. Right. He didn't media train him. And and because even even Lamelo right now, if you watch one of his interviews, he's not. They saw that shit. It was like, yo, don't say nothing to no reporters. Lamelo's <laughs> good right now, though. Lamelo, Lamelo yeah. I like I like I like his swag, man. But I gotta admit, just on the Lamelo thing, like, let me be. Oh yeah, you one of the first to admit. Go ahead. I I sincerely <laughs> want to apologize to Lamelo Ball. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, oh. I didn't think I didn't think his game would translate. I thought he would be what? a good passer. No, no, no. I thought he would be a good passer because that flashy that that passer and his his IQ for just seeing the court, you could see that that stands out no matter where he's playing. Can't teach but that. for him. I got his numbers put up. He's basically averaging 16, 6, and 6. So, like I said, I, I, big big apology to LaMelo Ball. I didn't think his game would translate. I knew he was a good passer because if you watch him, that stands out on any court he's on, no matter what little league his dad put him in. But um, I, didn't think, I, I didn't think he would be that good of a scorer, I have to be honest. And the way that he's getting to the basket over big guys, small guys, good defenders, bad defenders, 
he's definitely impressing me, man. And I got to say, I'm not ready to say that the Warriors should have drafted him over Wiseman. I see that's a conversation that's going around. I definitely think, right, you know, everything is about fit. I think he, he was a better fit for Charlotte. And I keep telling people this. Had the Warriors drafted him, he wouldn't be able to be what he is right now because we weren't going to give him the keys to the offense. Regardless of who comes to this team, this is Steph Curry's team. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like, Charlotte is an opportunity for him to go, and they don't have, you know, a, a dominant star to say, okay, this is your team. And he's come in and do that, you know, and took over that reign, and he's grabbed the keys. So I definitely, you know, him averaging 16, 8, or 16, 6, and 6 is – for a rookie, that's okay. Um, the thing I like about it is that coach is a fucking idiot. Because remember, I, uh, remember I was talking to you earlier in the season. I was like, yo, this coach won't get himself fired. When he's like, oh, I don't care what he's pretty much saying. He don't care what Lamelo is doing. If he's turning the ball over, he's not going to start. I'm like, yo, why are you not starting this? Like, one, he's boots off. He'll sell you tickets. He like, what the fucking you kind of stunt his growth by. And, oh, I'm not gonna start. I'm like, what the? I'm not gonna give in to the pressure. Like, what the fuck? Like, do you want your job or not? But he just came to a point where he balling so hard that you got no choice but to start. I don't give a fuck what he doing. Let him go out there and learn. What's, and he gonna give you a chance to compete. What's his name? Borrego. Just to cut him some slack real quick. I think what he was doing was trying to read the pulse of the team. Um, he didn't want to immediately put Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham on the bench. I think he was trying to let let it play its course, and then it was going to show that eventually one of those guys got to go to the bench. So I think he really – I think, you know, you call, him a, you call him an idiot, and I understand it because he should have been starting LaMelo. But that was actually genius, and that was a smart coaching move by waiting until it was obvious that he has to start. So where one of those guys like Rogier or Devontae Graham has to come to him basically and say, you know what, I got to come off the bench. And I think Devontae Graham now comes off the bench. Devontae Graham got hurt. I don't, I don't know how I don't know how that's working out. I know one reason why Melo started like he started starting is because Devontae Graham got hurt. I don't know if he came back or not yet or what's the dynamic with that. But yeah, coach, I was like, yo, man, what the fuck wrong with you? Start this year. Right, right, right. But nah, he he's amazing, man. I think he's one of my favorite players to watch right now, honestly. Facts, he's a favorite. What you think, Skin? Oh, LaMelo? I think LaMelo in the next three, four years, if he keeps playing at this uh, level, he's Kyrie Irving. That's 6'7", though. So that's crazy. That's 6'7". That ain't 6'2". Well, I mean, as far as the skill level, I ain't talking you know, of course, he's taller. You know what I'm saying? So he, he'll be able to move around a lot easier. I'm not going to. But other than that, I really, I really don't see nobody stopping him. Right, Scott You know what I'm saying? I like he's he's on his way to becoming one of those uh, forces in the in the league, and I think it's just off a of sheer watching his his brothers fail. So he's pushing them. Do you guys on a different level? Like that should mm-hmm. that's why um when Luca was coming to the league, I was like, yo, this nigga gonna be a hooper. Like he's playing in the second most competitive basketball league and he's like only 15 and he won MVP over there. I was like, yo, y'all tripping. This nigga gonna come here and he gonna do the same shit and he gonna ball and look at Luka, he's flourishing. That's it. Do you guys, yeah. let me let me pose this question. Um, Maybe in two to three years when it's clear that LaMelo is a superstar, you know what I'm saying? Do you guys think he's gonna attract like bigger names to come to Charlotte? Oh, oh yeah. Especially if they if they make if they make a playoff run, so if they get to like the first or second round of the playoffs, yeah, I can see uh, bigger names coming because you know they see that he's actually holding the team down and trying to take them. Shorty gonna be stingy with the money. That's my question. But will he stay in Charlotte? I don't think he is. I think Jordan is at a point to where he finally has a good team. If there's bigger names saying, "Hey, we'll come play with Lamelo," Jordan's gonna spend the money. You know what I'm saying? And it's been it's been clear that he's been a bad. GM for so long, he's gonna. I was just about to say. I think Jordan wants a ring as a GM. Right. I think he really wants a ring as a GM. Right. Oh yeah. Shit. You do that. You can't I think, tell that man shit. I think uh, TJ posed a good question. Uh, is he? Will he stay in Charlotte? And that's a good question. Only because, only because I think Lamelo comes up under the era of who cares about loyalty. 
You know what I'm saying? Not not in a bad right. way. Not to not to like spin it in the, that he's a bad person. But you know who cares about loyalty when we all know with these owners they'll trade you quick. You know what I'm saying? And he has potential for a big market. Right. And it's clear Lamelo is made for L.A. Showtime. New York. He's so, that is so he's, he's made for the big stage. I will say that. Yeah, but it it, it also comes down to. Do you want to be a pivotal uh, play? Like, do you want to play a role, or do you want to actually be the, the that that nigga on the team? And if he goes to the Lakers, or he goes to one of these teams where they're building like an onslaught, they're building a squad. He's just a pivotal part, but he's yeah. not the team. If he goes to the Lakers in two years, where LeBron is retiring and AD is staying. Yeah, I was like, then you got. You think LeBron? Is, you think LeBron is going in two years? I think LeBron is making the decision in two years. Wherever his son goes in two to three years, that's where he's going to look to go. Okay. Yeah, like I, I give LeBron, I give LeBron about four. I don't think he's going in two years. I think he's going in four. I mean, as far as him playing, him going out the league, and LeBron, that's including this season. So three more seasons. I, I would say. You saying out the league or just out with the Lake going with the Lakers? LeBron not leaving. No, out the league, like retired. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I mean, I think LeBron got four to five. I don't know, bro. You never know with LeBron. I'm done trying to guess. Like, LeBron might give us I ten more got, years. I say he got four. He got four before he, you know, what I'm saying he looked to hang it up and take, take, do something else with his life. I think whether it be, be in the NBA on the exact level. Nah, like, I think once he hits the scoring record, that's when he's going. That's when he's going to leave. Because, I think that's when it's gonna be okay for him to want to. Go. I'm like, I'm not trying to dive deep into like the goat debate and all this shit, but LeBron is very conscious on the conversation and. Oh yeah, he like, he's that he's that uh, he yeah, he's attention. he's con- he knows where he's at with all these records and shit because he even mentions it himself. He's like, yo, if I can get that scoring record, like that would be one of my greatest achievements and shit like that. And when he walks, no, it's and, not. You know what I mean? He got this resume. It's going to force you to keep on having those yeah. conversations. All right, he's number one in points of all time. He's top five in assists of all time. He's top five. We had this conversation. Like, it's, 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 it's a lot of asterisks on his name. You know how I feel about that. It's I a think- dope debate, but I'm saying LeBron is very conscious of all these things. And I think when he gets to that point where he thinks that he's solidified, that's when he's going to walk away. Like, I don't think, you know I mean? He can, this ain't going to put up 20 points for the next five years. Like, he can average that. Basically, he got unfinished business. I definitely agree. Um, I think you're 100 percent correct. I think LeBron is not even going to think to hang it up until he gets that scoring record. Yeah. And like you just said, not we're gonna during this, this tenure of this podcast, we're gonna get into that goat debate and we're gonna talk about that a lot. So not to go like you said, not to go too deep now, but I do think he realizes he'll never catch Jordan with six rings. So LeBron is smart. He's gonna he's gonna hey I'm gonna get four rings. I'm going to get five rings, but I'm going to be number one in scoring top five rebounds, top five steals, top five here. So he understands all those stats. Man, that's why I wish Kobe never got yeah. hurt. Those last Kobe had to catch Jordan. He got to catch Kobe. Kobe would have grabbed that. He already passed Kobe. Yeah, that's why I look at it. He was right there for it. But that Achilles fucking yeah. took off three years. That shit shaved off about two, three years of his fucking career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's a that's a bigger conversation, but uh, yeah, man. Um, I definitely think Lamelo is Showtime. Getting back to Lamelo, I think he's Showtime, and he may or may not stay in Charlotte. I think Jordan gonna have to come with the bag in two more years, and you know, the bag is support. Not only the bag, he like I say, he got to come with some. He got some players got to come through to make Lamelo realize, yo, we can go somewhere. We can do something with this season. Facts, facts. I'm with y'all. And I see LaMelo in three markets. I see him in L.A., I see him in New York, and my third one is going to be Miami. Yeah, don't sleep on Pat Riley. Miami's a big market. Pat you can't. And, and Florida has no uh, no luxury tax, no state tax. That's a big market. I can definitely see that. And, you know, let's add a fourth one in there, wherever Lonzo is. I think it's a preference for both of them to want to play together. Um, they've spoken about that their whole career since they've been in high school, how they enjoy playing with each other. And I think LeVar is really uh, boisterous about his sons playing together and winning the championship together. So wherever Lonzo is, I can see that being also a quiet market for him. I think they're going to link up. I, I I can see that. I definitely think they're going to try to link up. Once they're able to 
Could you imagine that? Lonzo at the one, Lamelo at the two, and the fact that he can shoot. I'm sorry, I, I ain't gonna hold you. I just got fa- I'm not even a fan of them like that. I just got fake excited about that. I I love them little niggas. I'm niggas. I've been watching these niggas since they was in high school. I, and they big enough to do it though. They both six seven, six eight. They big enough to play. Well, I love that big guard shit, man. I, w- I wish <laughs> there was a way that LA was able to keep Lonzo. Man. AD, you got what you got what you get. You get what you got. I mean, AD was worth it. It was worth it all. We got a drink out of it already. So, you know what I mean? It was worth uh, picking up all the niggas, but damn. Next, next topic. We ain't win. We ain't touching on that asterisk <laughs> bubble, man. Next topic. Yeah, Next know, topic. Call it asterisk. Listen to the ring. The ring on the finger. The banner's still up there. I don't give a fuck. Shit. Asterisk. <laughs> I don't, it was easy. Shit. It's up oh, there, though. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. I can't take that from you. All right. So the hot topic of today is pretty much referees just making all these unnecessary calls, technicals, unnecessary ejections. Uh, the most recent one was against the Lakers and Sacramento. Montreux went for a shot, simply just yelled and won and got teed up by a female, if I remember correctly. So that kind of leaves a door that nobody wants to open where it's, you know, is it fair for women to referee men's sports games? But let, let, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Khalil, what, what do you think, man? I will start off. This is some of the, one of the worst officiating years I've seen watching basketball in a minute. These refs are out of control. The refs seem like they want to be the superstars and they want to decide games. Like Donovan Mitchell getting ejected from the Philly game not too long ago. Fucking Devin Booker getting ejected for the Lakers game not too long. Like, why Why is these refs, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I don't understand what is going on with these refs. Even the Draymond Green, the Draymond Green. Yeah, like, this shit is out of control right now. I've never seen this shit ever like this before. And I don't know why. It, it, it's the panorama. The whole panorama, I think, got people's emotions high. So this pandemic, I've, I've seen people more emotional. In this in this period of time, even when you have to, you know, what I'm saying, do your duties as as a ref, as a basketball player, it seems like a a, a lot of people are high on, on the emotional side. So when I was watching that play and he came down and she called, she called the the she made the call. His reaction. Showed me that you know what I'm saying like he he couldn't he he was like wait what wait huh like he he thought he was in the twilight zone for like two seconds everybody he couldn't and, believe it you know what I'm I, it's almost like he 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 had to pull himself out of his body and oh it's a woman that's why you know so you know how you have to catch yourself and be like you know what it's a woman that's why that happened just now yep. you know what I'm saying so it's in a sense. I, I just think because of the times we're in and tensions are high race-wise, uh, social status-wise, whether you, you know what I'm saying, you poor, whether you rich, financial status-wise, I think the tensions are high. You know what I'm saying? Male and female, tensions are high. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you just, we're seeing it. We're seeing the tense moments. Right. And, whether, uh, it be, whether it be basketball, whether it be football, whether it be what other, other sports, you're going to see these tense moments because of the time period we're in right now. I agree. And um, to to play off of what y'all saying, can I talk my ish, man? Can I talk my ish? And this is all respectfully. This is all respectfully. Uh-oh. But, to play off of what you said, like you said, he caught himself and said, it's a woman. This is why I continuously say we don't need women referees in men's sports. And it's so no, no man. It's, it's no disrespect to women. It's, it's nothing to say that they can't do it. I, I believe they could do the job as far as being an actual referee. But it's, it's, it's in my opinion, it's to not open a conversation that doesn't need to be had. Now, in Montrez Harrell's mind she made that but call based on the fact that she was it was a woman he even said in the interview she was in her feelings 
I don't think he believes a man would have done that. And whether he, you know, whether that's true or not, it just opens the door for that conversation as women, you know, and, and it's, 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 you know, I'm not making this up. It's worldwide known that people think women are more emotional than men. You know, that's just the fact. I don't know if it's a fact that it's true, but it's a fact that people believes that it's true. You know what I'm saying? So he believes that, hey, she carried that emotion from two plays over to this play to give me a tech for me only yelling and one. And I just think that the NBA and all sports right now are trying to be proactive on adding women into men's sports. And I do think that's a good thing that they want to be proactive on that. But I think it's a bad thing on doing so. And I think it's good down the line. You're, what you're going to have is players holding their voices and their opinions on what they truly feel about women in sports as far as being refs. They're, you know what I'm saying? They, they're going to have to hold back. I think Montrez Harold did a good job at not saying what he really wanted to say and kept it at she was in her feelings. Like, we all know, in my opinion, he wanted to say more about that. And her, oh, man, it was a woman, so she was in her feelings, blah, blah, blah. But he couldn't say that. And I just don't think that door should be open. And it's nothing against women and not believing that they have the power to to be referees. But I think they should keep it in women's sports. That's just my opinion. I ain't trying to get canceled. I just want to talk my issue a little bit. Yeah. And um, just to um, piggyback off what you were saying, um, as far as her being upset or, you know what I'm saying, feeling some type of way, like, Who's to sit there and say, who knows what triggered it? Like, it could have been just his ego on the court. Right. That how, you know, rubbed the woman the wrong way. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you you know the male ego could be, you know what I'm saying, damaging or offensive to, you know what I'm saying, the, the right woman. Right. So he not knowingly just being himself could have rubbed her the wrong way. Right. And she felt as if, she had to prove, and this is all hypothetically. This is, you know, we don't know what they think. Well, she but, had to bring his ego down right, a couple notches to, to prove a point. To prove a point that hey, right. you, you're not going to talk to me that way on the court. And if that's true, although I understand her needing to to stand her ground, you can't give them points. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a game that's won based upon points. Who has the most points at the end of the day on the board? You can't give them points right now because you're trying to prove a point. Whether you got mad at me saying and one or not, you can't do that, in my opinion. So I just, understand the atmosphere you're in. Understand right. this word's going to be thrown on the right. court. Right. I've seen Kevin Durant. Other players thrown at the ref. I've seen Kevin Durant call a, the ref a bitch-ass motherfucker, a faggot, yeah, a gay motherfucker. I've seen, that. You know I've seen LeBron say that. Yo, fuck you. Right. And I don't think they should disrespect the refs that way, but I also don't think they should have to they should have to think about what they're saying in the heat of a competitive moment. You know what I'm saying? So you can't call a ref a b a woman ref a, a b word during a game. If she were right. that you did that, that's bigger than basketball. And male refs have reported they've been called this, and it doesn't go bigger than basketball because it's a male. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's these words are gonna happen if I'm that mad in the heat of a game seven and you make a bad call, I might slip up and say you you know what I'm saying? And if that's a woman that right. now goes bigger than basketball and I didn't even it's not it's not even how I meant it. So that door shouldn't be open in my opinion. That's all. Yeah, man. Real quick, um how y'all feel about Trey Young? Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the ledge. That's I'm gonna stay good, on the ledge right now. That's a good. I'm gonna stay on the ledge right now. What Steve Nash said about him ruining basketball is fucking correct. He's fucking. He's taking the James Harden like going to the line and flopping and flailing all to another fucking level. And the facts that the refs aren't respecting him right now, I think that's trying to teach him a lesson. Like nigga, you can't be doing like you can't be doing this. And I think this happened like maybe like a month ago. Um, it was at the end of the game, I guess. He was trying to take a charge or whatever, and then he flopped, and he didn't get the call. And this nigga was going crazy on the ref and shit like that. And that's, right. I'm usually on the player side, but Trey Young is trying to abuse the game, and he's abusing the rules a little bit too much. I don't. He's an amazing player, and he had, he got amazing talent. I think he's gonna be great, but he got to kind of chill out with the flailing and the flopping. Like I don't like I don't like that. That's bad for basketball. That's not cool. I call him I call him a shortcut player, like. Like you said, he's a decent, he's a solid player, but you can tell he he's he would take a shortcut if he could. Yeah. 
Like, I get it that he was smart building shit, but I just don't. Man, you ain't got to do that. Don't don't cheat the game. That's not. That's right. Or try to manipulate. Yeah. You know That's what, what he's doing. He's manipulating the refs, and he's not getting those calls in his favor. And now he's starting to like act out and want to cry and shit. But nigga, you know what you're doing. Like you didn't like. Nah, I I don't like that. I only I only asked because he was seen as one of the premier like rookies when when he came out, and I just feel like he's starting to fall from grace. He's another one that's like that hype that he that they had around him is is deteriorating. I think- no, I, I I agree with you, Skins, and the reason why is just because you you don't really hear much about the Hawks, let alone Trey Young. Like, keep in mind when he first came on the scene. He was out there, and I mean, what he's in his what second, third year? It's second year. Yeah, yeah, it's second year. It's third year. It's his third year. I think with Trey, um, Atlanta Hawks, they had a lot of they had a lot of expectations this year, right? Like coming into the season, a lot of people were like, "Yo, the Atlanta Hawks is going to be a good sleeper team. Don't sleep on them. They should make the playoffs. Be a decent team." And sometimes the expectations are a little bit too much. You can't like you know. You can't live up to those expectations, or you just not that dude. That's when you gotta manipulate and you gotta do goofy shit like the shit that he's doing right now. <laughs> and I think um, some of his off 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 the court antics has affected him. You know what I'm saying? Like the the I don't know if y'all heard about like you know what I'm saying the various women he be dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Niggas fucking his girl. Oh, nah, I haven't paid attention. Oh, I haven't paid attention. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sometimes I follow gossip blogs, so I, I be finding out shit, you know what I'm saying, about NBA players getting mad because this dude messing with their girl or he saw this dude on her story and I'm like, oh man, how, how, how is he supposed to how is he supposed to go and, and put up twenty points and ten assists after that? Like outside like that? Damn, I ain't know that. No, what I what I'll say about him though, I think um I think both of y'all are correct as far as him being a little overrated. Um, what I do think that hurt him a lot, he came in during the Steph Curry era, and he looks like Steph Curry as far as the way he plays, mm-hmm. but he's not Steph Curry. And I think that I hurt him. I think he got compared to him. Right. He got compared to him a lot. And it's only thing that, you know, the small thing they have in common is the, the deep range. But I think that hurt him ultimately. He's more of a James Harden-style player you know, manipulate the game, try to get to the free throw line. You know what I'm saying? And that's showing now. And I think he's not showing, he's not playing to what people expected of him. So it's hurting him. And also, like you said, Khalil, he's, Atlanta's not winning. So it's now it's looking like, hey, you're you're not as good as we thought and you're not winning and you're flailing and flopping yeah. and complaining about it. You know what I'm saying? And another thing, he'll always get compared to Luka because they had that same yeah. draft. And class. they got traded. You they know got traded for you. They got, so. they got traded yeah, for each other. So no matter what he does, he's going to get compared to Luka. Luka being, uh, taking his team to the playoffs last year, winning a playoff game, even if it was just two games, you know, the buzzer beater. So I, I just think he got a lot going against him right now as far as what's uh, what his career is going to uh, play out to be. Um, he has a chance to turn it around. He's he's a good player. I'm looking at his stats. He's averaging 26, 26 four. You know what I'm saying? He's putting up the numbers, but – I think Atlanta has to win. Uh, ultimately, I do think he needs to stop with the foul, the flailing, yeah, and the flop. That's just ridiculous. Like that's it. Yeah, quit that. Like it's like because Harden, cause to me, Harden don't really even do the like he not really he not doing he as much. Do, if we do that. Honest. Don't do it like, like that. Harden bowling. A lot of the stereotypes mm-hmm. that Harden had, he kind of erased. He erased a lot of that shit. Him not playing defense. Him fucking only getting to the line and like that's the only way he can score. Like all that shit is the bed to me. Real quick, before I know we need to, you know, time ticking on us, we need to get to a couple football topics and uh, you know, things like that. I'm glad you brought up that real quick. I just want to touch on that. I don't I don't understand how James Harden is now look like how the narrative is switched that fast and he's now in the MVP talks. Personally, I don't think that nobody on Brooklyn should be in the MVP talks. Like, if if they was just calling you fat, my G, bro. Like, if, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If Steph Curry and and Kevin Durant was quote unquote canceling each other out the years that they played together, how isn't 
the Brooklyn Nets canceling each other out right now. Like I don't understand. They've been it, going but, all these games, so they kind of give them that. Then you still have two of the top ten players on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, but who, who's 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 producing results right now? James Harden. And, but nah, don't act like Kyrie not holding his own right next. But, Oh, no, Kyrie's definitely giving good support right now, but of course, because all eyes was on Harden to see what he would do once he got to the Nets, he's being spoke about more. And I will agree with you and say the way that it's looking right now is looking like it's being led by Harden because Kevin Durant is out. Like Kyrie looking like he's getting his buckets based off of what Harden yeah. is doing, based off of the creation that Harden is, is creating right now and, and what he's doing. So I agree with that. But when KD comes back, they none of them should be able to be considered for MVP. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing crazy, is, but. we live in that NBA, man. We're in love with them triple doubles. This nigga gets a triple yeah. double every fucking night. And we fuck and we've seen sometimes the triple doubles literally will kind of like another deciding factor is to me, in my opinion right now, if I had to pick an MVP, it would be Joel Embiid would be the MVP of the season right now. And I got um, um second second, I'll probably pick Dame. I'll probably pick Dame right there, second. And I wanna throw LeBron up there, but like I don't know. Well LeBron, he's not doing he's just doing LeBron shit. Like he's not doing nothing that's amazing or groundbreaking or nothing. So I don't I feel like with LeBron it's gonna be hard for him to ever win another MVP. Like, last year was a year he was supposed to – to me, he should have won it last year, but I don't think he'll ever win another MVP. But um, fucking probably put Harden fourth – yeah, I'll probably put Harden fourth on that MVP list if I had a rank. I agree. Um, that's that's probably a good list right now. Um, last Going into last week, I had Steph Curry in that top five, but after what we just did, I took it was, so it right my now. list. Yeah, my list actually looks exactly like yours. I would have him be Dame. Uh, I want to see maybe Brown. man. That's one of my favorite players, bro. I want to see Dame get that MVP so bad. But I just every eventually, I, eventually, I'll do a segment on Dame empty stats, in empty stats on this podcast. Oh, I'll, I'll wait you go. I still, I still love that nigga, man. I love. <laughs> For now, we can we can carry on get to our football segment, man. All right, let's go ahead and do that. So in the world of football, we're hearing a lot about trades and contracts. Dak with the Cowboys, Russ with Seattle, and Deshaun Watson with the Texans. Everybody's looking for the bag. Everybody is looking for a new home, possibly. With that being said, the way things are, and keep in mind, these are elite quarterbacks. Do you guys feel that these players have some type of leverage? Let Scratch that. Let me rephrase that. Do these black black quarterbacks have leverage over the NFL? Khalil. Um for my so for my opinion, what the NFL is for these players, it's not like the NBA. That NBA is a players league. The NFL is always gonna be an owner's league. And I don't give a fuck what happens. We've seen it time and time again. So with these players, they can't like in the NBA, you can act out and you can demand a trade, and you probably trade it within two weeks. We've seen it with Harden. We've seen it time and time again. I won't go down and list the names, but with these players, I don't. They asking, bro. The asking price on Deshaun Watson is what three first round picks, a defensive starter, and more, and second rounders and future picks. Like that's fucking crazy. Um, Dak Prescott, he's asking for more money than what the Cowboys are offering. Jerry Jones is strapped on not paying more than like he he's like I'm not overpaying. You either gonna take it or leave it. And now you can even see on the Cowboys side they're leaking out stories saying, oh Dak Prescott is unwilling to negotiate. Dak Prescott is asking for Patrick Mahomes money. That's not coming from that's not just coming out of the blue. Those aren't just rumors. The Cowboys side, their press side is leaking all that to tarnish and with Deshaun Watson, they're at like, well with Russell Wilson, I think the Seahawks are even leaking all this news about Russell Wilson and shit because his agent even came out and said Russell Wilson has never demanded a trade. All he asked for was, yo, I've been the most sacked quarterback in the league. Yo, I kind of want this. I think the offense should go this way. And now it's kind of like, you know, flipped up and side down. So, unfortunately for these players, I don't really see them being moved. Deshaun Watson, I think since the situation is so ugly, he might be getting moved, but somebody's going to have to fucking – they're going to have to tarnish their whole – 
that's going to be like a record, like a record-breaking deal trade when Deshaun Watson gets traded. Dak Prescott, he's going to get franchise tagged another year. Next year, he's going to be able to be a free agent and do whatever he wants. And Russell Wilson, they going he's just going to have to shut up and play. On like that's kind of like what I think is going to happen. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way though. Um, it, I I want to say you got to take this all the way back to Colin Kaepernick, as far as how the league treats black quarterbacks. Um, they don't care for them unless you you're what you would, would call producing. So, in a Russell Wilson sense, yes, they they that I would say they look at Russell Wilson like you know what I'm saying that's that's our baby, like you know what I'm saying. He's what you would call the the perfect quarter black quarterback. He doesn't, he's not in trouble. He has a wife. He has family. You know what I'm saying? Like he actually took uh, uh, he took on a woman that had, you know what I'm saying, baggage. Yeah. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? So in a certain sense, there's this uh what you would call I think they look when they when it comes with black quarterbacks, they look at the liability, how much of a liability you will be. Like the fact that uh, Colin Kaepernick was so outspoken, you know what I'm saying? They basically had to prove to him, you're you're not greater than this league. You're not greater than this organization. And exactly, and I feel like a lot of these these organizations, they there's, there's a moment in a in a in a black quarterback's life where he realizes this this organization can make him break me. Like I really have no control. All I could do is produce and and play the best I can, but like like with the Dak Prescott situation, if they want to make me seem difficult to work with or difficult, period, all they have to do is put out stories okay. saying that I refuse yeah. to do this, I don't want to do that, and now it makes other teams look at me like, oh, he's untouchable. I don't, you don't want to touch no. that. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day. You 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 might be a talented black quarterback, but you gotta understand the, the the environment and the atmosphere you're in. You don't really control that much. So, two things. Um, I agree with you guys all the way. Um, I at first when we off air when we first talked about this, I was on board thinking that, you know, I was I was saying that black quarterbacks have understand uh, understood their power now and they they can they realize the control that they have and, and the power they have but no i was wrong and and uh hk you got me to come over they don't they don't have the power and it's always going to be the uh tom brady style quarterback that's wanted first you know what i'm saying not to make it a race thing but you know we all know we you know you have to, to you damn they have to be Russell Wilson to be right. a black quarterback. Or Patrick Mahomes. And that's what I was gonna bring up. Patrick Mahomes is the perfect poster child for the owners in a sense. If they could all have a Patrick Mahomes, they would be great. And it's not been it's not to say anything about colorism, but right. I'm just saying look at Patrick Mahomes. Right. He can he can straddle the fence. The reason that you know I mean let's be real. The reason that Drake, uh, but it's the reason that Drake is so successful. You know obviously it's a different different lane, but he can straddle the fence and you can play both sides. And if they can market you market you as such, notice he's every you know Patrick Mahomes is everywhere. They let him buy a baseball team, the Kansas City Royals. You do you really sure. think if let's say let's say Lamar Jackson get the bag tomorrow, the Mahomes bag, you think Lamar Jackson finna get a piece of the Baltimore Orioles? Not even close. Not even close. So it's that right there shows you it's always going to be that type of league. Um, I think the talented ones that that have the overwhelming talent, they have power. They can control their next move. They can control where they want to go. Deshaun Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that even the Seahawks are going to maybe prove Russell Wilson a a lesson. Hey, it wasn't you. And no matter as good as you think you are, we'll get you out of here. If you want to start right. to speak out, if you want to start to feel like you're bigger than the team, but other than that, no, I think it's it's going to be an owners' league, like Khalil was saying uh, when he, you know, when he when he was speaking, it's it's going to be an owners' league always, and until you have at least twenty to twenty five quarterbacks that look like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, then it's it's not going to change. Ah, yeah. Right. And and and. I'll, I'll go a little bit further. Until you have 50-50 ownership, as far as black owners and white right. owners, right. then you won't see so no change. Because it's, 
Go to the top. Can we get one in there? Shit. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but one one is one is not is still a minority, so you're still gonna be treated like a minority. We need we need equality or majority. Nah, I just, nah, I agree with you. I, I was just making a joke because there's not a single black owner in the NFL right now. Like this shit, it's not black. This is a minority owner, but not black. yeah. Like if you start diving into the NFL, like this shit is nasty, bro. Like they in like they implemented the Rooney Rule. And they're interviewing these black coaches that they know for damn sure they never was going to hire them. They only doing it just listen. Do you, you know what used to boggle my mind? The fact that an NFL player in five years could get CTE, right? LeBron is putting a ball in a hoop, <laughs> literally putting a ball in the hoop, and making. Ten times what a, a dude that's going to be a vegetable in ten years. Yeah. Like I don't understand why they don't play the NFL properly. Like you got dudes that should be making a hundred million dollars and better because that's the type of that's the level of play they putting out. But we can definitely. It's a much, very it's a physical contact sport to where I'm putting my life and my body, my brain on the line. It's and you're like making enough it, money to pay me. You, that. You, in the NBA, you rarely gonna catch physical contact. You might have, you might catch an elbow. This man trying to flatten my whole body on the on the green turf, like <laughs> right. No, I'm gonna, and you want me? You want to pay me five million? Right. I think it's fifty million. Like you know what I'm saying? Like no, I'm with the you. average, the average NFL player should make at least ten million dollars. The fact that league minimum is like three million is crazy. <laughs> three. League minimum should start at like 10, 15 million. Like league min- league minimum, I want to say a one year league minimum deal is one point something million, or it could be three now. It's three something million at this point. I think it's three. I think it's three. Crazy. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's over for that. That's crazy, though. Yeah, speaking of which, I did want to get into the last topic for, for this episode. I know Skins wanted to talk about with the racial tensions and MLB. Kind of leading, kind of leading into you know the same conversation. The you know, playing the same, play, same different sport, but playing off the same conversation. Right, right, right. And skins, I, I know you mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to get your opinion about that now. As far as what I, I didn't hear, I didn't hear you. Oh, okay. So it's pretty much about the conversation we had, where you wanted to speak about the MLB and the racial tension in the league, and how how that's perceived. Okay, um, so um, like uh, to further go on what we were talking about as far as the racial t- racial tensions, especially during this pandemic time, how you know you have a bunch of black people dying, you got Black Lives Matter, you got you got a lot of uh, tension between different races, whether it be black white, whether it be Hispanic white, whether it be white white, you just have tension. Period, and what I've noticed, especially in the last season or two in the MLB, is one uh, Hispanic players are becoming more uh, vocal as far as their rights, and uh, I've also seen the owners, which is usually the older white man, you know, saying from a different generation, being more vocal about his employees. That nine times out of ten, he he don't really know too much about because it's that communication uh, barrier where the, the owners, he's not going to learn Spanish or he's not going to learn Japanese or whatever dialect this person comes from. And But you, but I have to learn English as a baseball player. You know what I'm saying? So not only do I have to sit here and, and play baseball to the top level, but I also have to take English at ESL class. So I have to bust my brain and, and literally revert back to, to high school or, act, you know what I'm saying, some simple language academics where I should be focusing 100% on sports. So now now you have, you know what I'm saying, players that are having disagreements with owners because of simple things as uh, contracts, extensions, and owners basically manipulating the, the time, the time service that a player might have. So they don't get that contract extension. They don't get that bonus. Uh, other teams look at them and say, oh, we, well, you have issues 
and we can't do anything with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I agree, man. That that needs to be uh, highlighted more. Like you just said, these a player should never have to really, you know, focus on learning learning the language while trying to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? I get graded on winning championships in my performance on the field, not how I speak in an interview. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's a big part. And and you know, we was talking about it beforehand and I mentioned that the Seattle Seattle uh, Mariners owner was caught saying something like that about how he gets tired of having to pay for these guys translators and for these guys to learn a different language like he should have been ripped of him ripped of him being an owner right right at that moment you know what i'm saying and even when it comes down to a simple thing as translators like uh i would just put myself in an owner's position or you know what I'm saying exact position if i gotta hire you a translator if i gotta get you a translator i'm paying that translator more to manipulate you Facts. to tell you things that's not true to, you know what I'm saying? So I have you and I can control you. Facts. No, that's that's definitely a good. Thing. And if if I could think like that, I'm pretty sure there's owners out here that that do they do that. They oh, think like that. Oh my gosh, who would ever think that a rich rich billionaire is thinking to get over on someone? <laughs> right. I mean, uh, put, uh, y'all remember Sammy Sosa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- y'all seen his complexion lately? Facts. Oh yeah. He looked like a fool. I'm about to say he whiter than DJ Wall back there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that just lets you know what he felt like he was pressured, what he was against, and what he felt like he needed to do in order to change people's perception of him. He had to literally lighten and erase his melanin. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that even goes down to, like, before they even, like, when you talk about Spanish players, especially, like, the Dominican Republic and Haiti, you got a lot of the darker-skinned Dominicans that don't like, well, the lighter-skinned Dominicans that don't like the darker-skinned Dominicans. So, you know, colorism even, it, it plays a big factor even within the Hispanic community or within most communities, because even in the black community, this colorism. Right. But we, we ain't gonna go that deep into it, but you're right, right, right. But no, well, I'm just talking about within, within, within sports. Right, right, right. But I definitely think baseball, they gotta do something about that. It's probably not gonna happen because it's an owner's league and they control what happens. So this is all wishful thinking. It's, it's the same thing as the NFL. Right. You know what I'm saying? It would have to start at the top. And those these kind of sports, they've been they they were created so long ago. They were created when we all didn't even have rights. Right, 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 right. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, like, you ever watched the 1950s football when when they, they sitting there like this? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they didn't even, they didn't even move with, with fluidity. Like, right. they moved like they were stiff. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It just lets you know, you know what I'm saying, what we had to deal with, how far we came, and how far we still got to come. Exactly. That's a good baseball. Got to do something about that, man. They got to do something about that. Yeah, let, let's not forget with the whole uh, Jeremy Lin incident, where I guess one of his teammates called him, nicknamed him coronavirus. Like, yeah. bro, he said it. He said it was in the G League. He said he don't want to. Wasn't it a, a, a Boston Red Sox player? I think he had did this. Yeah, did this in, to the camera, and he got caught. Like I don't that. know if it was the Red Sox or the White Sox, but it was one of them players. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. But yeah, Cody was doing that to the um the pitcher. Okay, that's wild. That's 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 wild. But yeah, boys, good episode, man. Good first, good first episode. got over Oh yeah, um, I'm saying next episode, I got some, I got some Ray Lewis stories. Ray Lewis, hey. Right, we're gonna get into this to the y'all they're gonna learn about the HK stories, man. You know they can say Ray Lewis. I used to run track um I used to run track with his son, so I got a, I got a couple I got a couple little stories about that nigga too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh man. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh thank you for everyone that was listening. Real, we appreciate real quick. What's up? 
Scorsese, you kind of look like Maul with the braids. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> Relax over there. Relax. I can't hold you, man. Yo, we turning this off right now. <laughs> All you missing is the fitted, man. All you missing is the fit. It was good to talk my ish with y'all boys on this episode one. Facts, facts. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we did pretty good, you guys. I mean, honestly, the only thing we didn't really get really deep into is pretty much talking about the – I think it's just yeah, the Lakers. Man. Just the Lakers topic. That's the only thing we didn't. Yeah, really we didn't get, get into the Lakers much today. We we will eventually. LeBron is overrated. <laughs> Man, uh, I take LeBron. LeBron overrated. And he be asking for look comments. Look at this. He's trying to trigger me, man. I'm trying to be good, man. I'm trying to be good. <laughs> oh man. No, but for real, we, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone. Uh, again, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, Please. and just just be on the lookout. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, I just want to say we got a lot that will be coming eventually. We will have merch. Uh, we will have, if they ultimately start to um, request it, we're going to have a Patreon to get some behind-the-scenes footage, get some behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. content. Um, and we will have Talking is Discord coming. Yeah. So... You know what I'm saying? Just when we get our fan base up and able, you know, people want to interact with us, that, hey, I'm willing to be on there and talk sports with y'all all day and, and, and say y'all lying. So. And I will be reading them comments. I bet not see no unlikes. <laughs> I bet not see no negative comments towards your boy HK. Right. Right. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it, man. But right, again. Man. Thank you so much, you guys. We we appreciate the love and the support. Uh, really, stay tuned. We are far from done. We got a lot more in store for you guys. But again, this is Skins. This yeah. is Khalil. This is DJ. And this is TJ with Talk Yo Ish. Yeah.